Disclaimer, we are not financial advisors, stockbrokers, and are not liable for any losses that you may have. We are solely giving our opinion on things that we have tried and put into practice that worked for us. If you would truly like to know how to better your finances, then please learn through books and other mediums. This is the podcast. Please enjoy. Welcome back, humans, to the Let's Talk podcast. I hope everyone is having a great year in their pursuit of knowledge and growth. On today's episode, we speak with a close friend of mine named Jeremy Crosby. He's a young investor, avid reader, and a computer science major. I feel like the earlier you start, the better off you are. Exactly. That's with that's with everything. Because I mean, compound interest is just time is your main factor. And like a lot of people, every successful person you see isn't because they're just like, oh, this dude's super smart. It's because they started so early and kept that and stay consistent. Like people see Bill Gates, like, oh, this dude's crazy Warren Buffett they both started doing what they're doing at like 13 and before I'm your co-host Kayla Williams please enjoy Everybody, welcome back. This is the Let's Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Timothy Edwards. And I'm your other co-host, Kaylin Williams. And today we are joined with a very good friend of mine named Jeremy Crosby. Thank you, Jeremy, for joining. No problem. Thank you very much. And man. also, uh, our editor is also back on. Brendan, thank you again for joining. Thank and thank you for making this podcast possible. You're so welcome. today's episode is all about money, investing, business, how to get started, where to invest long-term, short-term, just, I mean, passive income, all this other stuff. Because money's I know, is a sensitive topic, you know, right when you bring it up in family or in friends, you know, people usually think you're trying to attack them or you're trying to get something out of them because people are like, why do you want to know how much money I have in the bank? Why do you want to <laughs> know if I'm investing or not? Why do you want to know this, that, you know? It's like uh, people just, just, they just want to know money, you know? So Pretty much what this podcast is going to be is not just us teaching you. And also, I want to give a disclaimer. This is just our personal opinion on money. I mean, you know, uh, we've read a lot. We've done a lot. And we've put it into practice. But this is going to be more of us, like, passing on what we've learned, learning something ourselves. And then we'll have Brendan and Tim and us, too, me and Jeremy, asking questions to see if we can all, you know, get an answer. So uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening again. And Jeremy, thank you for coming on. Um, Jeremy, if you want to just you know say anything uh, before we start. Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to help people learn and to learn new stuff myself. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So uh, I'll just start off with a very simple question. You can answer this any way you want. Like All I'm right. not talking about any specific niche, but like how did you get started in anything? Not not just investing, but that's how did you get started? Uh, I actually got started, it's kind of funny, by reading this book called Start. It's by, I think, John Acuff. But the whole premise of the book is basically like there's no perfect time to start. Because if, if you wait for everything to align, you're never going to start. Yeah. And that was actually a graduation gift I got. And I didn't read it for months. I didn't read it until probably about six months after I got it. And then once I read that one, I kind of read another one. Then another one's like a chain reaction. It just got me started and got me interested. Really just learning all the things that you don't see because, like you said, nobody talks about money. They try to keep keep kind of like hush-hush, but yeah. Cool. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm similar, man. Like just reading, like literally just reading like every book on money I possibly can, <laughs> you know, because it's like, it's like once, especially once you graduate at that high school threshold, you're like, all right, I really need to get my money yeah. straight because, you know, you, even whether you're in college and you're out of the house or whether you're in college and you're still in the house, it's like you want to make sure you have your money straight um it's not allowance or like 
lawnmower yeah, money exactly. anymore. It's like, yeah. oh, wait, it's, not, it's not like part-time <laughs> restaurant money that you're just yeah. saving up to buy some shoes so you can show off on Monday morning at school. Exactly. Uh, what about you, Rendon and Tim? Like, have, like, what's your experience? Not, I guess, not experience with money, but like, how'd you, like, like I said, how'd you get started? And that's not aiming towards anything, like not investing or saving or anything. Just how'd you get started learning about money? Like, was right. it your grandma saying, hey, save your money? Yeah, like, yeah. or was it, you know, what was it? For me, I, you want to go ahead? Okay. <laughs> I, I would say, like, well, since I didn't have the job at the time, like, but I always managed a way to get money somehow. Like, either it was, like, through dumb luck or, like, someone paying me to do some, like, work, I guess. But I was I was always, like, careful of my money. Yeah. But it was just, like, dang, how can I, like, find a way to, like, multiply this? You know, like, a good start. Since I don't have that, like, good, like, business mindset, Right. Yeah. So you were just trying to figure out like what's just, just the basics, pretty much. Just like how do I get money? How do I save it? And how do I multiply it? Like, how, do I, how do I turn one to two and two to four and four to eight type of thing? For me, it'd definitely be my parents were a huge influence and in, like, yeah, money does not grow on trees kind of deal. You have to dig it up kind of deal. And I, I really like that mentality. But for me, if um, especially like with like with any purchases, I'm the kind of guy who will like stare at something for a long time, think about what I'll do with it and everything. And then what I really try to do is look at everything as an investment. Like, is this even going to matter to me three years down the road? And chances are, it usually doesn't. And so I'm real careful with my money and just saving up, always wanting to look at stuff actually as an investment, saving money and using it that it's almost the way that um, me and you have talked about. If we're going to buy something, then we want to make sure that later on down the road, it's still worth something whether to us or to somebody else so i look at it more an investment i like that i like how you say either to us or to someone else meaning like it's either an asset that's like either gaining value over time or it's just something that we enjoy so much that five years down the line we're still going to enjoy it exactly like like a like it could be simple as like your very first video game console yeah like yeah like my game boy isn't worth really anything i could probably get five dollars out of it at gamestop but it just brings personal value to me i literally i I think i might have told you or not i just finished sonic advance 3 on my game boy advance (laughs) and you got all the all the the chaos um piggybacking off what both of y'all said i feel like a big issue a big barrier holding people back is they don't think about it long term they're focused in the moment like oh what can this do for me now where anything great i mean takes time time is the greatest asset Exactly. something you can't get back but it's something that's irreplaceable 100 like hey, I, i'd say that like anyone who is like we'll, we'll get started in that long-term investing because that's one of the things out oh, this is the very first podcast by the way where we actually have a set of like topics written down because i want to bring as much value to everyone that's listening as possible because like i said money is a touchy subject and if you're right with it if you can make it work for you you can just win in the long term you can like make sure that you have enough saved up enough invested that you won't be hurting later on that's one of those i mean especially just here in the u.s that's one of those things that takes it back to the beginning is how do you start kind of deal and i mean money whether we like it or not it's very helpful exactly (laughs) yeah so this is a yeah definitely like you were saying we want this to be a really um advantageous podcast wow (laughs) um before we start about long-term investing though because i really do like i won't get into that it's actually, I want to get all your opinion on this because it's actually crazy to me. Um, when I first started learning about money, I realized that 57% of Americans don't have $1,000 saved up, meaning that if they had a problem that caught that was $1,000 or more, 
they would have to go into debt or they would have to finance it and get like a high yeah. interest loan or, or something. And actually now it's even higher. It's like closer to like mid 60s. Really? Yeah, it's just growing because like millennials don't know how to handle money. <laughs> that's true. Not a shot. I mean, there is a shot. Millennials, <laughs> but I mean, like, uh, and that's not a thousand dollars like checking wise. That's a thousand dollars like saved up yeah. the way you don't touch it type of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just crazy. What is your opinion on that? On that? And then we can, I guess, address how to get started because I think you should do that first before you even think about long-term investing yeah like I was gonna say that you should I mean of course you got like you got to look at and that's something too it's like budgeting that is a nasty word to hear nowadays but like you should be able to I can't even say that but um yeah you need something you need like that fall back so it's like I pay off my debts then you put those savings in because if you don't if you put the savings in you don't have the money for your debts and then it gets you into this complicated situation so yeah, even a thousand dollars, it's like to have that stashed away to fall back on, put it in like the back of your mind. But you see what I mean, where it's like you have that buffer, then you pay off your debts. That's um actually yeah. step one in Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it is actually like psychological, because like you were saying, if you're used to like not having any money and something happens when you're trying to pursue this new path and gain uh, wealth and things like that, if something if an accident happens and you fall back and have to go right back in the debt, you're kind of just fighting yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I did. I used to. I was like starting. Have you ever seen those huge Coke like uh, bottle things? Yeah. Like huge piggy bank. So my grandma got me that like nine, ten years ago, and I I was putting like cash in there. I was just saving up. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing with this. Like I still don't. But I was saving it up and um, told my mom like I only have so and so much money. She's like, No, you don't. You have like you know at least eighty dollars in that bank. I'm like, No, that doesn't exist. I told her that. I was like, No, that's my money. I literally have probably like a five inch tall mason jar yeah filled it up halfway with quarters i took it out and i mean it was like 45 bucks in there that's what i'm saying i mean i was like dang but that's um, why cash is kind of cool to spend too. it that's is a separate yeah. yeah but like uh with the thousand dollars that you save up because that's that's step one by the way this isn't like a step process mm-hmm. like, so this is just a podcast where we're just trying to give you know oh, yeah. insight like what you should do and like i so said we're not professionals we're not licensed or anything like but it's pretty much common sense i mean you can learn about money so I literally just realized this is one of those, the thoughts and views in this podcast are strictly ours. Like, it's like the opposite of movies, we, we, you know, where they say, like, you know what, I'm at, do not reflect us. It's I'm like, actually going to edit that in because I'm actually going to have to make one of those because I don't want anyone suing me because they're like, I saved up a thousand. Like, no. Nah. But, like, that thousand that you saved up, make sure that it is in liquidity. Meaning, like, when you have liquid money, that's, like, the more liquid your money, the more easier it is to get access to. So, like, your checking account is the most liquid you can have because you have a card that you can swipe anytime whereas an investment in let's say real estate like it's not as liquid because you can't just go sell off your real estate in a day or you can't access it probably like you know like right away type of thing so that thousand dollars that you do save up um yeah just make sure it is in a savings account uh, specifically a high interest savings account that's receiving like a 2.5 you know at least a two you know percent annual interest rate things like that um so how do you guys i mean obviously it's budgeting but how do you think people can people people might listen they might be like oh i only make thirty thousand dollars a year i have all these bills expenses kids yada yada how do i have to save up a thousand dollars i mean well i think a lot of people fail to put things on paper i mean a budget i mean it's kind of nasty it's not nice at first but once you get that initial budget on paper it's so much easier after that because you can track exactly where every dollar is going you see okay this much is going there this much is going there and a big saying is pay yourself first. A lot of people say, oh, whatever I have left over, I'll throw in my savings. Well, 
instead of doing that, say right off the top, okay, I'm gonna put 10, 20% of what I make into savings. And then you can kind of budget your bills and entertainment and other expenses towards whatever you wanna do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there, there's a book, I haven't read it yet, but there's a quote, um, it's like, I think it's, I will teach you to be rich. And I've heard he, that one. yeah, he pretty much says like, like some people go extreme with the budget and saying like, you have to like cut down all the $5 lattes you drink yeah. every day. And he says, cutting down the $5 lattes every day is not going to make you rich. He's like, you not spending $100 every time you go shopping is going to make you like wealthy. Yeah. So um, that is one of the things, like I would recommend that book. Like I said, I haven't read it yet, but I've heard really good reviews about it. I watched a whole podcast on it. You know, um, I watched the guy give a speech about his book, you know, um, and like I would definitely recommend that. So, and also, you know, you don't just have to make money from your, you know, your job, like do a little side hustle on the weekends and you can save up a thousand dollars before the end of the month easily. Um, so that's pretty much, I guess, uh, the first thing that we're, that we just addressed, like get a thousand dollars at least saved up, just saved up liquid, liquid cash that you can just, um, or in a savings account that you can just access immediately and you can just like, whenever something happens, like your heater breaks down in your house, you don't go running and have to find $600 somewhere. And another thing about piggybacking off what you said about liquidity, that's really important because a lot of people say I have $1,000 in my savings. As great as investing is, you don't want to keep all that in stocks because then when it comes time that you have to pay something, you're not going to want to pull that out. So then you're going to go try to borrow money to pay back where if you would have had it in like a high interest savings, problem could have been taken care of much easier and, and not even like stocks it's like you don't even want to have it in, and we can this will be a really good segue into long-term investing you don't even want to have that thousand dollars that first thousand stashed in an ira or right anything. because yeah. you're like i mean that that ira is it's making you money it's paying you dividends but you don't want to just stash that away like you're not gonna want to take that out when you have that problem so now we can talk about i guess long-term investing because i'd say that's the second thing that you have to just Come, become immediately accustomed to like educate yourself so you have your thousand dollars you started budgeting very good job you're already ahead of more than half america like literally that's sad but you're you're more than you're ahead so and maybe this will help um this now i guys i do want to get in depth in this long-term investing because the long-term investing i feel like is more confusing to people than the short term for some reason i don't know so well for me first, yeah. the start of my long-term investing is investing in yourself like i think just a 30 dollar book can go a very long way because like for me the first books i read like total were under 50 dollars but i learned so much more than 50 dollars worth like those books have helped me make thousands and like save potentially hundreds of thousands just by having that information and like i said the books are like under 50 dollars and that's the return on your investment you can't beat anywhere else it's just first making sure you have the knowledge to then further invest your money long term 100 percent. it's all about like just because that knowledge is something that a bank can't take away yeah. or, or a loan can't take away or nothing that that's nothing like nothing can take that and uh, i think it's more than that though i think it's you have to apply the knowledge you want yes yeah because true. i mean i went for a whole year where i read all these amazing books not just finance books but all these amazing books and i didn't apply anything mm -hmm. and then when i started applying what i learned you know that's not just from books but you know i was like oh these actually like generate results. This isn't just you know a fairy tale type of thing. Um, so hundred percent. And one of Dave Ramsey's big quotes is that like uh, financial success is only, I think it's eighty percent, eighty percent mental, right? 
or, application, like twenty percent uh, knowledge, because like like you said, you can have the knowledge all day, but if you don't do anything with it, it's not going to help you. Exactly. Yeah. What do you guys uh, think about that? Just like getting started long term. Uh, yeah, you have just, any? just that discipline. That's what I was going to say. Is a lot of people know a lot about money, but then you're like, how are you in the situation you're in? Kind of deal. So yeah, I guess just applying. I think some really, very, very. I mean, we were talking a thousand dollars in the bank. Some very simple stuff. And it sounds simple, but yeah, you got to get out and you got to earn it, do it, and get that get that whole deal done. That's what I. Sure. That's what I really think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So just applying that discipline. And, uh, well, you actually have to want to. I mean, that's kind of the deal, too. Some <laughs> people like don't that. even care. I like that. A lot but, of people, uh, they're just like, oh, the money comes in and out. Like, what am I going to do about it? I like that. Exactly. Like, you have to want to be like, okay, listen, just like Dave Ramsey. We're going to keep mentioning Dave Ramsey. <laughs> I mean, like, how he, like how he said, uh, you have to become sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yep. Like, you just have to make that mental and that emotional and that just physical just change. You got to say, listen, I'm going to take control of my finances. I'm not going to let... My finances take control of me. Right. That and um, something too. I mean, we'll talk here. I think, well, maybe further, a little further down the road. But we'll get actual people who have been in this. You know, they're older than us and they've been applying this knowledge and stuff. And that's as simple as it can really get. Is go talk to like a financial advisor. Maybe. I mean, I'm talking like an hour meeting can save you so much. You know. I mean, like, and if you're afraid to talk to someone. You can like like the one app that I use personally is Mint. It's an app and it's a budgeting app and it like tracks how much you bring in, how much you're like leaving. It tracks all your expenses and it tracks all your investments too. Like and just going on that, you sign in, you sign up with your Gmail, you add your bank account, you add all your investments like any one you want, and it literally says what your net net worth is and how much you're losing each month. I mean, it's just as simple as that. That yeah. took me like 15 minutes to set up, and it saved me a lot of money because it's like you spent 148 dollars this week. I was like, how? Like, you know, type of thing. So that's just uh, just getting started with, yeah, either financial advisor talking to someone that you know, or uh, just creating that budget like we were talking about. And as far as long term investing goes, I feel like the earlier you start, the better off you are. Exactly. Like that's with that's with everything. Because I mean, compound interest is just time is your main factor. Yeah. And like a lot of people, every successful person you see isn't because they're just like, oh, this dude's super smart. It's because they started so early and kept at it and stayed consistent. Like people see Bill Gates, like, oh, this dude's crazy. Warren Buffett, they both started doing what they're doing at like 13 and before. And I like uh, one thing that I really like is I just found this out yesterday. I'm not going to say I've been sitting on this knowledge for a long time. But Warren Buffett, he's the third richest man in the world worth, I think, $80 billion now. He didn't become a billionaire, make his first billion until he was 50 years mm-hmm. old. Like, people think, you know, he's a $80 billion, he was a billionaire at like 20 years old or something. No, he was 50 years old before he made his first billion. Now, I think he's like 82, something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Like, 30 billion, or not 30, 80, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> sorry, just can't wrap my brain around that number. Um, so, where would you say, I guess this question for you, Jeremy, where would you say is the first place you should think about long-term investing because i have my own places that i'll mention you know we we're not gonna throw any numbers out there you know of course but we're just mentioning like what we use so where would you say is the first place you think for long term well first place i would think for long term i mean being reasonable because most people when they start off can't go buy real estate or something like that so i would say stock market and i mean even as simple as like s p 500 where your stocks just fall in the market i think that's very beneficial or even, you know, 
previous to that, you could do like a Roth RA or something. I mean, you could do that at like 18, maybe get like 8 7% annually. And that goes a long way if you just consistently do that over time and over time. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just said it. Like, uh, a lot of people don't have the money to invest $250,000 in some apartments yeah. for rent. I mean, it's all about starting small. you got to start somewhere. You can't jump to the finish line. Exactly. Yeah. Just like if you can invest only twenty dollars a month into something, that's the start. That's, that's twenty more dollars yeah. than your investment that you'll have. And I, I wish I remember the number, but someone said like, for a Roth IRA, for every twenty dollars you invest, I think it's like ninety something dollars you'll make. Mm-hmm. Like, so just think of that twenty turning into pretty much you could just round it up to a hundred every twenty you make. You like someone hands you a hundred dollar bill. Um, yeah, personally, I got started long-term investing in Vanguard for my Roth IRA. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and that's where, like, I feel like a lot of people start either in Vanguard or in, um, what's what's the other one? I know there's another one. Um, like, say, the SPF 500, but yeah. it's, on, it's on an actual site. I forgot what the site is. It's like a host site, but you can you can invest in the SPF 500 on any stock given, you know, legit thing. Uh but Van- I would choose, personally, I would go with Vanguard. Vanguard is just really, really easy. It's really simple set, set up. It's set, it took me like 30 minutes to set up. And I mean, you just leave. And the best part is you can leave your money in cash. Mm-hmm. And we, when we say in cash, by the way, we don't mean actual cash. You don't want to have $150,000 just sitting <laughs> Sit somewhere. Because yeah. that's like actually losing value because of inflation. Inflation right. sucks. <laughs> so... Uh, but like in cash means it's pretty much sitting there. It's not losing value, but it's not gaining value either. It's literally just sitting in your account. That's not, and maybe you can explain it better. Cause like in cash isn't even like in your checking or savings. It's like yeah. just, it's sitting in an investment account, but it's not doing anything. Like it's just sitting there. So yeah, I think inflation rate is around three to 4% per year. And that's the beauty of a high interest savings account is that you're fighting that inflation. So like, your money's like just staying there. Whereas if you have in a traditional savings account, you're actually losing three to four percent per year just by having that money sit there. So I think it's really important because like a lot of people work very hard for their money. It's just as important to have your money work hard for you. Yeah. And like savings accounts, like like a regular bank savings accounts, like uh, they they're absolutely trash. Like if you have a regular bank savings account, immediately put your money into a high interest yeah, savings it's like account. A, it's like a it's point oh one like, percent like, like yeah nothing. bank of america is i think 0.025 percent yeah i put my money in there and like i would get like a penny or two pennies back <laughs> yeah so it's like whereas if you put in a high interest savings account and it's giving you a 2.5 percent yield i mean yeah two point you might like i think that's another thing we can talk about this like this is mental people here you know um like if i said you can make $50,000, but it would, like, cash money, but it would take you two years. For some reason, a lot of people wouldn't take that. Like, they, like they wouldn't. They'd be like, two years? Like, like really. Like, a lot of people, they're just, they're just impatient. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't really get that part. I mean, I get it, but because people want, people, we live in a now kind of world. Like, everything's faster and all this other stuff. But uh, I, I don't get that. Like, if I said, hey, I'll give you $100,000, all right, cool. But I'd be like, okay, it's going to take me a year and a half. Yeah, people won't take it like at all. So, and I know three um of the high interest uh, savings accounts that I know of. There's like Ally Banking, there's Wealthfront, like Goldman Sachs and stuff like that. You can just research those and look into those. Yep, and I use uh, Ally Bank. Myself, okay, yeah, there you, you know, go. <laughs> except Ally Bank just went down from two point five two to two point five one. Yeah, so 
whatever. They, <laughs> I mean, you're you're losing like well, I mean, over over a long term, you're losing. I think like a hundred dollars, but like in the short term, you're losing on everything like a couple of pennies. Yeah, a couple each pennies. Year, yeah. Each year. Um, oh, and by the way, long term investing means that you're not checking your money every month or even six months. Like you're maybe checking it twice a year, like at the most. Like you're just putting it in there. You're you set up automatic investments to where it's automatically investing into like like in Vanguard's like. VFIX and VBTL, VBTLX, like bonds and things like that. And you just check it, you make, you're like, oh, okay, cool. And also, I think you'll agree with this. People only lose money when they take money out. Oh, yeah. Like in 2008, 2009, if you had $1,000 invested in the stock market, took a plummet, and you took your money out, it's not smart. You don't do that. You just wait for the market to correct itself. Yeah, like, and we'll get in this later, but a big thing in stocks is knowing the value of the company you're investing in. You don't invest in it just because, oh, is it growing good? You want to, because like a lot of those companies that went down in 08, they might have disappeared, but exactly. the ones that were fundamentally sound, you know, they went back up three times higher than they were before. Exactly. The market always corrects itself. Yeah. Over the long term, you will get a 7 to 9% yield on your money if you invest in the yeah. long term. You just leave it there. Like, and that's like basic like S and P five hundred. That's not even like trying to pick out specific exactly, stocks. Exactly. Like um, as long as you're like here's the thing. As long as you're betting on America not exploding, you will win. Hundred <laughs> percent. You will win. As long as you bet that America won't go under in your lifetime, you will win. Hundred percent. Like unless America does something, I don't. I don't even know what they would do to, yeah. to make the market go to the point where, like, we like literally. If you look at the Great Depression when we bounced back from it because we got in the war and you know people got jobs and stuff and the market went up. Like, I think in the fifties and sixties, the market was uh, besides the bull market we're in now. Bull market we're in now, like it was at the mm-hmm. highest it's ever been. Yeah, because like people look at the Great Depression. Of course, it was terrible, but people were making more money in the fifties and sixties than they were in the twenties, and that's a historical mm-hmm. fact. Yeah, like, the other day I was reading about, I think they call it like Black Tuesday, uh, 1929, 1932. Uh, 1929 was Black Tuesday, the stock market. That was right around the Great Depression range. It dropped, I believe, 89%. 89%. 89%. And it bounced back. I think it's the stock market, I mean, it's always going up, never down. I think over either 10 to 20 years, it's always going up. It never goes down within a 10-year period. It's always up. Literally, yeah, like uh, the... VFIX, like I would, I mean, I was, I was nine, ten at the time, so I mean, you can't really blame me. But VFIX is the, um, it's pretty much like the SBF five hundred, mm-hmm. but Vanguard version. Um, in two thousand nine, if you invested ten thousand dollars, it would have been worth ten thousand dollars. Now in twenty nineteen, in nine years, it's worth over fifty seven thousand yeah. dollars. And like I didn't, and so if you just put, so like think about it, if you put ten thousand dollars in, didn't put a single penny in, like you want reoccurring investments in there, but if you didn't put a single penny in, you would have. More than like five x your money, mm-hmm. easily. And this seven to nine percent annually you're talking about, that's including the years that it plummets. That's overall. That's not just you know oh some good years. You're always gonna have your bad years, but that seven to nine percent is including the bad years. So that's really good. Now I don't know when you got started, but like in December, like last December in 2018, the stock market it took a drop. Oh yeah, like it dropped. Oh, yeah. Like I lost I. I, I was I was losing a lot of money. <laughs> like I think I literally lost I think almost thirty percent. And people oh, were yeah. people were freaking out. They're like, "Oh, we're going into another recession." I mean, we could have. I'm not just saying we were, but uh, and I was losing a whole bunch of money. But I was like, "All right, you know what? I'm just gonna like uh, 
leave your emotions out of it. I think Dave Ramsey says yes. that. Warren Buffett yes. says that. When you invest, leave emotions at the door. Do and not put emotions in there. And that goes back to looking at the true value and not just like, oh, I like this and that. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much, I guess, long-term. What else can we speak about? I mean, there's a lot of things we can speak about long-term investing. Even if, I mean, everyone knows 401k, things like that. Uh, if, if you invest in a 401k and your company that you work for uh, matches your 401k yield, 100% do that. That's, that's like free money. That's literally free money. Free money. They're literally paying you. Um, and me and Jeremy are talking a lot. <laughs> Brendan, do you have anything to say it's about I feel like long-term? I'm on a step below you guys, but it's all good. I'm learning. Yeah, I'm learning. <laughs> yeah I mean, no, I well, well, we want you guys questions, too. Because, I mean, yeah, we're yeah. not going to have all the answers, but like we just want to keep this going. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, we're, we're not even at the 30-minute mark, and we're like, we have a lot to talk about, but <laughs> I mean, I would kind of say like because we've talked about kind of your motivations and stuff for that, but like, what made you guys like pursue this? And you're like, I want to figure this stuff out. Like, was it just that mentality of wanting? I bet, to be- I bet it's the same. Thing. Well, for me, it's I always like kind of had a interest in business. Like in high school, I was like buying stuff, flipping it, selling it for more. Yeah. But it was like once I read my first book, I realized like how much of a passion I had for it. not just making money, but for business. Yeah. And a big thing that comes along with that is just the freedom of your time. Mm-hmm. That's something that you can't value to me. Yeah. Is having that freedom of time to say, okay, I want to go do this and not you have to go to work. You have to do this. It's like you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel I, like I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, uh, it's like, you know, uh, I've had moments in, you know, before I was born and some moments where I kind of barely remember where my family struggled with money a little bit. Just because, I mean, not because we made poor decisions, but, you know, loss of job at the same time, the 2008 market crash. And, you know, my grandmother always worked three jobs while she raised two kids type of thing. So, like, me, I mean, uh, I've always loved business, of course, and things like that. You know, I'm kind of thinking about owning a business one day. Who knows? But, uh, but, um Really, it's just like financial freedom and like being financially free. Like we said, we also talked about this. Um, being financially free doesn't mean you have millions and millions of dollars in the exactly. bank, and you like can go. You never have to worry about money again. Being financially free means like you have a grip on your money and you have enough saved up to where like if something terrible were to happen, as long as it's not too costly, you can easily pay it without blinking, and you have investments. So then, what if you do like? decide to retire you might be able to retire early or you might be able to you know do certain things like you won't you won't worry about money after retiring pretty much you won't be like how am i going to live off of you know this money when it can't last me for the next you know 25 to 30 years i'm supposed to live and things like that so that's kind of my motivation for me of course like business and stuff because i was i like to talk about this before we get into short-term investing because i used to like do the flip game too and sometimes mm-hmm. i still do it man like honestly like that's that's the side hustle we were talking about like just going to Goodwill, a thrift store, a dollar store, going on the eBay yeah. app, searching up an item, seeing how much it sells for. Just another buy it flip it. good thing about financial freedom that a lot of people overlook is giving. That's one of the best things you can do with money because whether you realize it or not, at some point someone's gave you and you wouldn't be where you are today without someone helping you along the way. So I think it's important to reach back down and help others. Hundred percent. Yeah. Just each one, teach one. Yeah. I mean. Like, like I said, with this, po- I mean, with this podcast, those who are listening, with, like I said, you're giving up something that's priceless that we can never give back. You're giving your time, and that's why we're so grateful for anyone that's listening because, like, and we're just trying to make that investment back into you. So, like, I mean, you're helping us, and we're literally just trying to help 
you any way we can. But like I said, we'll never match up to what we do for you because you're giving us your time. We're just greatly appreciative of that. So, I mean, we can talk about flipping later too. But um, now I want to get to short-term investing. Now, this is like actually investing in individual stocks like on Robinhood. Yeah. And investing in uh, starting a nest egg that you know you're going to take all the money out in five years and things like that. So what's your opinions on short-term investing, I guess? So I think a lot of times with short-term investing, people, because obviously short-term you're looking at more risk because, you know, you're trying to make more money quickly. I think the important thing to differentiate between that is the difference between investing and, like, betting almost. You right. want to, you know, make sure you understand. what. That's another thing. Always understand whatever you're putting your money into. Don't just do it because everybody else is doing it because yeah. something happens, you're not going to know what to do because you don't understand it. Yeah, like, uh, and also short-term investing will teach you a lot of lessons. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, inve- I think I invested in Twitter in 2014. I put a good amount of money in. It went up, like, by $2. I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to sell. I made, you know, a little bit of money because I had, like, 14 shares in it. And then I looked at it, I think, like, last year, somewhere in, like, spring, it was at, like, $35, and I was like, damn. <laughs> like, I was like, I could have made, you know, a lot of money. But uh, short-term investing, yeah, uh, like how you are saying, uh, it's it's less about gambling. It's more about, like, using the knowledge that mm-hmm. you learn, like, just building your money. And short-term investing, how, how long would you say it would be? Like, I'd say it can go up to maybe 15 years. Yeah. Because long-term, long-term is long-term. Like, long-term is Yeah, I would say long-term is, like, 30? 10, like, 10 plus in that, as far as, like, investing in stock. But, yeah, oh, long-term okay. is really, like, hold forever yeah. type of thing. That's, like, 30 to 60 yeah. years, depending on when you start. Uh, short-term is definitely, like, like, like how you said, 5 to maybe 10, 15, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and, like, flipping, I think that's short-term. Because, like, when you think about it, like Tim said, in terms of investing, you say I buy something for, I don't know, 150 sell it for 200 I just made 30% in like a day, just like that. I think like that's short-term investing to me. Exactly. I mean, here's a little tip. I mean, uh, Goodwill. I don't know if those listening, you know, you have Goodwill near you or something. Goodwill on Wednesdays and Fridays, they have a dollar rack of like clothes and other stuff. You literally go to Goodwill. You'll find, I mean, clothes that aren't beat up whatsoever. They might need a wash or two. You buy them for a dollar, and then you flip them. I went to Goodwill. I spent forty dollars, bought forty pairs of clothes, and made like over five, six hundred dollars profit off it. Profit <laughs> off of that easily in two weeks. I mean, and that's and that's literally money that like will literally change your life. Like five, an extra five, six hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. is a whole new place of rent. Like. Yeah, a big thing, especially today, man, uh, car payments. They they will eat up your money because that four hundred, five hundred a month. I think the average car payment is like four ninety nine now. But that five hundred dollars a month, if you were to invest that, like, are you talking? Are you talking about with insurance and all that? Or yeah, without? or just like just the car payment itself <laughs> with insurance. Yeah, it's way over that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, just investing that five hundred a month, you know. Yeah. Counted seven percent annually, long term it's just gonna be way more than that car could ever give you back. And that car is a depreciating asset. I, yeah, it's not getting any value, it's just going straight down. I don't know how much it is now, but I know that like I think it was ten no, not ten years ago, because we were kind of almost in a recession. <laughs> or wait, we were in a recession. Like a little bit ago, uh before the two thousand eight, two thousand nine uh bubble, like I think it was if you Bought a car, right when you drive it off the lot, it immediately loses $5,000. Yeah. Like, right when you drive it off, you, you like, when, when those tires touch the road, it's like, bam, $5,000 of your money is gone. 
Uh, and I know, like I said, again, I know me and Jeremy are talking a lot. Like, do you, any questions, Tim, or any concern? Like, not concerns, but like any <laughs> yeah. anything you want to add, Brendan or Jeremy, like yeah. or Jeremy, Tim. I'm literally like loving this. Like, just uh, hear it. Y'all go, like, like run with like, it. I'm serious. Like, what are, what are your, I don't know, just what are your opinions on short-term investing? Like, what, do you have any questions? Like, anything. I mean, y'all kind of discussed it. Some people would be like, I, I hear short-term investing, but how do you do it? It's right. pretty much that simple. It could be something you already have, and you're like, do I actually need this? Yeah. Or it could be one of those you actually go out. Or something. I mean, it, literally, you're talking Goodwill. I live, like, 15 minutes from the nearest Goodwill, so you got to take, like, gas, this kind of deal. But it's like, no, like, honestly, just do it. And like you said, that extra profit will change your whole mindset, oh, yeah. and it'll just it'll change the whole thing. So I'm, I'm digging it. Y'all be going. Seriously, this is good. Uh, the money you make, make sure you reinvest it into something. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't yeah. necessarily well, have to be reinvesting into flipping. I mean, that'd be the smart thing to do, so then you don't use your personal money. But reinvest it into something, like if you – a passion project that you're starting invested into that that's right. that's exactly what i was even thinking because you said you make five six hundred dollars it's like oh okay well i made this so i'm gonna go blow it it's like you didn't learn the lesson exactly <laughs> most people don't do that yeah uh, a good yeah. way to think about money jeremy i don't know if you heard about this i actually literally start thinking like this now is take the price of the item you want and then take how much you make per hour if you make a certain amount mm-hmm. per hour and see if it's worth that amount of work. So like if an item is worth $100 and you make $10 an hour, is that item worth 10 yeah, hours of work? That's how I think about it. It's like if I oh. had to work 10 hours for this, like is it worth it? And it's or? really like 12 hours after yeah. taxes taken out. Like exactly. are you like think about working for 12 hours of, like straight just to pay for this one pair of shoes. Like yeah. is it really that worth it? Like are you going to get that much value out of shoes? For pretty much twelve hours of work, you'd have to. You <laughs> tend to show the shoes. I mean, I the same pair of shoes. My, my, my uncle bought me these. He's like, "I'll buy you shoes." And I was like, "You know how much those cost?" Right? He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "All right." I mean, I'm not paying you. So and I got a quick statistic for you about the car payment. So if you were to invest that four ninety nine, you were making a car payment for ten years, compounded at seven percent annually. That would be eighty two thousand about seven hundred fifty dollars just down the drain. So essentially that thirty thousand dollar car is costing like fifty thousand within ten and that's just ten years. And if you yeah, go twenty people, that's way more. I know yeah, exactly. I know people that car payments like from I mean we're in we're about to be in twenty twenty, so this would be like nineties, eighties. Like, oh, yeah. like literally like still paying a car. I'm like, what kind of car did you get, man? Uh, a big thing with college students is They'll come out of college with eighty thousand dollars in debt, Dave Ramsey, <laughs> and they'll buy and they'll buy a sixty-five thousand dollar, you know, brand new. Uh, I don't know what's a, what's a really good car like a Maserati. Yeah, like a Lincoln or Maserati uh, or a BMW damn, or something. Uh, like Lexus. That. Yeah. Lexus is a big one. College students love Lexuses. I mean, so don't don't buy a car. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that that um, quote you posted on Instagram. By Jay Z. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes of all time. I've never even seen it till till I went on your page. And uh, if you can't buy it twice, oh yeah, you can't afford you it. Can't afford it. <laughs> I like that so. Yeah, I think Mark Cuban. He talks a lot about um. He talks about a lot about how you want to continue to live like a student once you graduate, because like your objective of the money shouldn't change. Like yeah, you have more of it, but you know. You should still say, okay, $100 is still $100. Just because you have more doesn't mean that $100 doesn't still equal that same amount. Yeah, exactly. And 
Yeah, I think uh, for me, it helps to think about things in terms of percentages. So no matter no matter if I have like a thousand or a hundred thousand, the percentage is still the exact same. Like say I'm saving ten percent of what I make, I make a thousand. That's a hundred dollars. I make a hundred thousand. That's ten thousand dollars. The amount changes, but the percent I'm saving still stays the exact same. Exactly. And then that just goes into the off the top, like you were talking about, like when you have money coming off your paycheck off the top into an investment account or a high interest savings account or a nest egg or something like something that's making you money without you having to really do anything. Like we're not talking about individual stocks where you have to look at it every day to make sure you, you want to buy or sell or whatever. Like when you have money, just like a percent coming right off the top, it just makes things a lot easier. And I mean, oh, a good quote by, uh, who was it? Uh, Tony Robbins. He said that, a lot of people say that they can't invest 20, because I invest 20% off the top of every single paycheck I get. It's like, people say that they can't do that. He said, if the government came by and put a 20% tax on you, you would scream, you bitch, you'd yell, but you pay it because you have to, it's the government. He's like, think of your money, like not think of your money like the government, but think of it like that when you're investing. He's like, you, you would adjust. People, people are like, I'm only making $22,000 a year, there's no way I can make take 20% off the top, like that would change my whole lifestyle. But like literally, if the government came out with a law, like you'd either have to completely move countries and change your nationality and do all the other stuff, or you just deal with it. Like yeah, you yell, yeah, you call every single person you can, but it's the government. You can't do anything about it. You you would have to adjust to your new lifestyle. So yeah, adjustment's really important. Like going back to budgeting, that really helps you see because like we all, I mean, I do it. Everybody does it. We spend a lot of unnecessary money, like QT subways. Those little things they add up. If you can track your budget and see where those are going, that really helps you to be able to like, you know, prevent those unnecessary costs and see what you're saving. Something, just a real quick thing, when you were talking about the percentages and stuff, you hear quite a bit numbers don't lie. And I, oh, yeah. and I just realized we lie to ourselves about numbers. Yeah. That's how it gets. Statistics don't lie. I mean, you can, like you, and like you can buy all these expensive things that you can't afford and yada yada, but your bank account doesn't lie. Exactly. Your bank account, your bank account will not change. Like, <laughs> like you, it doesn't. I don't care if you have over ten million followers on Instagram. If your bank account is like two dollars and fifty seven cents, you better do something with that ten million followers. You better ask them for a donation or something. Like, and that's another big problem is a lot of people like you can be making three hundred thousand plus and still be broke because you have all your money invested in like depreciating assets. Yeah, like this because I mean you got to get out of the mindset of trying to. Like prevent or sell your image to other people. It's about you know what you want, what you find comfortable. That is literally. I mean, we're, I'm holding a book right here. We have two books: the Intelligent Investor, which is the the Intelligent Investor is like if you want to get into investing, whether it's like uh, you want to become a stockbroker, you just want to like work a normal job and just make your money work for you. The Intelligent Investor um, by Benjamin Graham is the only investment book you'll ever need. I mean, you like you'll need you know some finance books, and it's still good to read, but that's the only one you'll ever need to learn anything about the stock market. Like, because I know it can get it can get confusing at times. It really can. Um, but the book I'm holding is called The Millionaire Next Door, and I highly, highly recommend it. And how you were saying how you can make three hundred thousand dollars and still be broke, mm -hmm. like The Millionaire Next Door is pretty much saying. Like there's there's a guy named Plumber. They don't use the real names in there, but his name is like Jay or something like as a code name because you know legal and all that. 
He's like he's like worked as a plumber all his life. He wears like you know the same pair of jeans for like ten years, not the same pair, but you know like the same style. He like doesn't buy shoes and all this other stuff, but he's worth like over six million dollars. And like he lives in just a regular neighborhood type yeah. of deal, and people don't know. And it's not just about him. It's like a bunch of different stories in there, like and it's a bunch of different um like examples of how people just with all this wealth and all this money have all these things, but they don't really have, um, they don't have, I think it's net worth. There's a really good quote in here and I can try to find it if anyone wants to take over. But it's like, I think the quote is, there's a difference between income and wealth or something along those lines. Like you can make a lot of money, but you cannot have a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, if you spend as much as you're making. It's kind of like a doctor. Yeah. Doctors make a lot of money, but I mean, they focus on buying new stuff rather than paying off their $700,000 medical uh student loan you know a big thing they call it of lifestyle inflation you might have heard of so basically it's the whole premise is that say you're making i don't know seventy five thousand dollars a year and you know you're living comfortable just because you start making a hundred thousand doesn't mean you have to get a new house a new car new clothes you know you could just put that towards savings or investing and keep living it comfortable to feel comfortable. <laughs> a lot of people see that extra $25,000. Oh, I can spend that extra like, $25,000. Yeah, like I'm going to move to a nicer apartment or whatnot. And also, um, we're not saying like you can't buy nice things and you can't, mm-hmm. you know, treat yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, like you can't, you can't take a $5,000 vacation every now and again. But if you know you only have $6,000 in, you know, you, first off, you shouldn't have $6,000 in your checking account. You need to put that into somewhere. <laughs> but like, if you know you only have Six thousand dollars to your name, and you have a car loan, a student loan. You, you know, you're barely paying your mortgage, and you want to go on a vacation. Don't go on a five thousand dollar vacation. Don't do that. That's not. That's not smart. Well, that's what I'm even saying. Is that's where it's not. Stop making purchases and start making investments. Like, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, literally, you were saying it word for word. I know people that like. You know, they just got out of college, kind of deal, and they have this huge ability, and they they've moved to this great new area and like all the stuff they're like oh this is like legit so they're like start making purchases and stuff and you're like oh okay wait, 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 wait. like what was did you not like how things were before and it's like oh no we just have more ability now and the like, reason that happens a lot with college students is because you go from you know exactly. zero broke to making 50 60 plus a year yeah. you're like oh i have all this money i need to spend it like people even getting like i see that mindset with people getting married they're like oh you know i had like this certain lifestyles like now you should totally change everything about it even exactly. the good parts it's like no 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 no, no. like get it exactly it's, like, it it's like my wife was making fifty thousand dollars you know a year and but hey, <laughs> um, and my and i'm making forty five thousand dollars and now we can <laughs> now, now we can spend more money no you can't um i mean you can if you want to it's just not i, I wouldn't do well that's what i'm saying then the percentage is like it's going down you were saying yeah. lifestyle inflation it's like Literally, three hundred thousand dollars and you're going broke. That jumps to four hundred thousand. You still be there. Just live, <laughs> live below your means. Literally, yeah. yeah. Don't live a hundred twenty thousand dollars lifestyle if you're making sixty five thousand dollars a year. That's not really a smart asset. Now, um, there is some, I guess not debt, but like some stuff that you don't have to pay off right away, like uh, your house, like your mortgage. Right. That's one thing that like is you don't have to have three hundred thousand dollars saved up to off right away now if you did that'd be great like go ahead like muscle talk to you if you do i don't know how you do that but um if you like are making only you know twenty thousand twenty thousand dollars a year but if you're only making like eight thousand dollars a year you want to buy a three hundred fifty thousand dollar home that's 
that's perfectly fine because it's a home. You're going to be living there for a while. You can pay it off and you can sell it. If you like add stuff to it, like if you had a garden and swimming pool, yada, yada, and you can sell it for more than you pay for it, you know, type of thing. Yeah, another uh, long-term investments, you know, real estate, housing, things like that, just make sure you have a fixed mortgage so, you know, no matter what the market does or the economy does, you're still paying that same amount monthly. So it's no surprises. I think uh, a lot of people, a lot of reasons why people really don't know money is not just, I mean, it, it really does come down to you, like how bad do you want to have, you know, wealth for the future and, you know, uh, but like, I think it's, it's what we first talked about. People don't just talk about money. Like people don't teach their kids about money. I think it's not because... Not necessarily like they're ashamed to talk about it. like they're ashamed to like tell their kids like hey uh, you know even though me and your dad are both doctors we're broke type of thing yeah. I think I think it's not a sh- uh, that type of thing I think it's more of they just don't know what they're talking about you know they don't want to give their kids the wrong information type of thing like my parents didn't teach me about you know and I'm very grateful for them they didn't teach me about investing they knew about it they just didn't teach mm-hmm. me about it I'm not saying they didn't know anything about it it's just like they knew i had that business mindset so they knew i was gonna learn anyway but i think you can attest to this but finance and like understanding is really something you have to want for yourself because i mean it's not taught in school it's not taught in college nobody teaches it to you it's something you have to seek out and find yourself and that's why i think reading is so important because you're basically it's like a way of communicating with some of the top people i mean they have all the information in these little pages all you have to do is read the book you can learn it too like I, I love to say this to everyone I mean when we talk about books is it might take someone 10 years 15 years 20 years to write a single book and you can consume all that information in a week like you can get yeah. you can get someone's entire life's work in your brain if you read it study it learn it in two or three weeks and with some of the most successful people what they've had to like learn the hard way over 10 years you, know, you can learn it in two weeks and try to avoid some of those things that they mess exactly. up on. Imagine what you could do yeah. with that. Yeah. And that saves you so much time, which is so valuable that you don't have to make those same mistakes and just, it really puts you like above ground if you're starting from a starting point. Not just, uh, this is just about money, but I've seen a very common like trend between successful people. Like, like success, by the way, is variable. Like whatever your mm-hmm. definition of success is, like my definition is you can't judge success in anything except for happiness. You can have a lot of money, but be unhappy. And I think you're unsuccessful if you, if that's you but um it's like uh, the 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 trend that i see is it takes normally people 10 years specifically in their 20s you know some some people earlier some people later but like it takes people 10 years to get to a spot where they like are really good like um i know you listen to them because i've seen i've seen it on the hashtags on instagram and i've been listening to him for about i think about two years now gary v like he uh, it's taken more than ten years, but like he really got going in his thirties. Like that's when people, uh, I think that's when he started One Library TV, and he um, just because the internet and all that, and he just did all these things. But he worked all his twenties. He t- he took those ten years, and he didn't party. He didn't do all this other stuff that people were doing. He just worked, and I think that's that's literally a sacrifice that you just have to make. Like, am I gonna sacrifice ten years, like twenty to thirty, and live out? Till I'm 80, 90, the way I want to, or am I gonna party my 20s and play catch up my 30s, 40s, and 50s type of thing? I mean, that just goes back to long-term investing. You're investing in your future right there. 
Not just yours. It's like oh yeah, it's other people's too. Exactly. Family. It might not. That's what's funny too. It might not even be your family, but you, like you said, you have that ability now to actually give back. Yeah. It's like man, you can. I mean, that's why some people write books is you just actually give that ability to somebody else. It's yeah. like man, you don't even have to know. Maybe yeah. Some kid, right. uh, you know. That, that's what we're Detroit. doing. <laughs> that's what we're doing with this podcast. I mean, we're yeah. except we're actively learning at the same time. The people that are listening are learning. Like, exactly. like, like the, uh, like Jeremy, like we, uh, went to high school together and stuff. We didn't, I think we talked to each other maybe three times yeah. in high school, but we're, but we're cool. You know, we're just exchanging information. I mean, I, I, it's, it's, uh, like what you said, Tim, just reaching out to people that you know, or people that you think, uh, can help you learn something about, I mean, we're talking about money here, about money, <laughs> you know, like I literally just DM Jeremy. I said, Hey man, how you been? Me and a friend, we started a podcast soon. I know about money and business. You know about money and business. Let's see if we can exchange information, see if we can learn something from each other. This is what's cool is we kind of, we're wanting to establish this with like people we know so that we can branch out to people we don't know to expand even more and make the world a much smaller, smaller place. That's kind of the premise. But yeah, this is how we, how we start. You get into the, the, what do you you call it? You just lay the foundation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just start where you can. Exactly. That's. This is funny that that was our second podcast. I know we keep coming start. back. Yeah, <laughs> that was it's our like, second. Just how to, that was a really bad audio, by the way. That was terrible. But oh, the second. Oh, yeah, yeah, the second one was terrible. Yeah, we were like five feet away. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, like I said, I have a lot of things to get into. So we got into yeah. long term investing. Or uh, let let me do a like quick uh, thirty second recap. So first thing to do is just invest in yourself. That's the very first thing you can do. You know. Um, just invest in books, invest in a financial podcast that's legit, like Dave Ramsey. I would recommend that one. Um, and just listen to people like that know about money that have been proven. Like, don't listen to millionaire advice by someone who's sixty-five thousand dollars in debt. Don't do that. Um, second thing, if you are um, American specifically, or even if you're not, like save up a thousand dollars in a savings account or somewhere where you can access it if in case something were to happen. After you do that, start um, uh, again. Like you're constantly learning. By the way, like learning isn't just like the first step. Like you're doing it in step two too, and you're doing it in step three. Like you're learning as you're going through these steps. Um, the next thing would be getting to long-term investing. Like start. A Roth IRA, start a 401k, start a regular IRA, um, you know, all that, and just hold, like, put the money in, hold it, don't touch it at all, you're gonna want to, especially, like, after maybe 25 years, you look in there, you're like, whoa, like, I have so much money, I can buy, like, a brand new, you know, maybe, I don't know, brand new Ferrari, and, like, pay cash for it, don't do it, don't do it, just leave it in there, and, like, have fun when you're older. Uh, and short-term investing, you know, invest, and this is also like a, I mean, every single one you're investing in yourself, but like, uh, get on your flip game, still, uh, read more books, um, get, invest in individual stocks, like not just in the SPF 500 and, um, all those types of things. And where you can do that is, uh, like I said, I do Vanguard for my long-term investing. Um, I have an Acorns account. That's my nest egg. Um, I do Robinhood as well, and that's also my short-term investing. And I saw your Robinhood link. Yeah. I, I was already on, so I can't can get that free stock. Um, I might add you and mine to this if, if that's cool with you. Yeah, I think Robinhood's a really good starting one because I like the interface. It's super simple. You can understand it. It's really good. Like that's what I started using when I first got into it. Yeah. And this helps you while you're still trying to learn and figure out. It's not too overcomplicated to the point where you're like, oh, this is too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. 
Hey, Jeremy, how about you explain to them what um, those who are listening and maybe Brenda and Tim, I don't know if you know it or not, like what the difference between an IRA is and a Roth IRA is. So, do like, it. Y'all want to do it? I can. I know part of it. So, basically, so the difference between like Roths or IRAs and 401ks in general is that 401ks, you're to putting pre tax money in there. And then with like Roths and IRAs and stuff like that, you're putting money that you already paid taxes on. But the key is, those grow tax-free. It's like a Roth RA. I put in like money for my paycheck that's already had taxes deducted from it, but it grows tax-free. Yeah. In any of my original contributions, I can pull out penalty-free. So say I put in $10,000 and say it's doing great. It's now $20,000. I can pull that $10,000 without being taxed, without any penalties, whereas like 401k, you know, you're going to have to pay taxes and penalties and all that stuff afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah, so, yeah. That's why I choose a Roth IRA, by yeah. the way, too, because it's just the, I mean, there's, I, don't, I won't say that's not, like, the smarter way, but, like, I just like the idea of, you know, pulling my money out without having to, mm-hmm. like, right when I pull it out, the government's like, hold on, let me take about 6%. Yeah. You know, it's like, Can you do them both, though? You do them separately. Yeah, you can do both. You can do them both. You can, you can, open, yeah. you can open up literally as many investment accounts as you want. You can, open up, you can open up five Roth IRAs if you want. I wouldn't recommend it, yeah. but you can. And also, um, so people. Just if you want to sit there and. Like, Watch the numbers. if you're younger and you're listening to this, like if you're, you're under 18 or maybe you're under 16 now, I think you can start, is it 18 to start an IRA or is it 16? It's, like, it's somewhere around like 17, 18. Okay. Somewhere around the age like, range. Like if you're younger than that, you can, and you have, you know, money in the bank from saving as a kid or something, go to your parents because your parents can actually open up an IRA for you under your name. They'll yeah. be your like, uh, like now your provider, but they'll like supervise it. Yeah. When you turn 18, then you have control of it. So, like, you can get started at any age. And also, um, like how you were saying, getting started early is amazing. Oh, I think yeah. I think it's, like, if you get started at 20 versus 21, you lose, like, I think five or $6,000 in that one year. And there may be more. Especially with compound interest. Like, the difference between, like, year 25 and year 30 is so different. Because once you hit that, like, 25, 30-year range, the money starts growing exponentially. It uh, starts really taking off. Also, uh, I, I can't believe we forgot to mention this, but starting early also means that you start in the low tax bracket. The more, when you get older, yeah. you're going to be making more money. So you're going to mm-hmm. get taxed more. And the more money you make, the more the government starts looking at you like, all right, yeah. you're making more money. I need to take taxes from you. Yeah. But when you're younger, when you're in that 16 range where you're working your first part-time job all the way to like 25 when you're like getting your first job out of college and all that other stuff. You get to hack it. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's literally yeah. like almost like a life hack. Like you're That's not cool. in a high tax bracket at all. But when you have a mortgage, you have two car loans, you have kids and you have all this other stuff, you're in a high and you're making $100,000 plus a year, you're in a very high tax yeah. bracket. Like a very high tax bracket. I think it's like when you're 30, if you make $30,000 a year, you're not going to see 1500 a month until after taxes. And like, the big thing with starting um, starting early is people think, oh, I'll wait till I have a real job to start. I'll wait till I have an income to start. You don't have to wait for anything. You can start right where you are, no matter what. Just starting somewhere is what counts. Because starting somewhere gives you that momentum. And, like, yeah. like if you're able to listen to this right now, you, yeah. already, you already have everything you need. Like... Give me, like, if I had to start from zero, give me a phone and $5, and that phone has internet connection, I'm off to the races. I'm going to the dollar store, I'm buying five things, I'm selling it on eBay for 17, rinse and repeat. By the end of the month, I promise you I'll have probably, like, maybe $1,000. Then I'll invest 500 of that, I'll get me a nice place. Just It's just about that grind, man. It's just, like, how bad do you want it? Like, because uh, I think that's the funny thing. Your, 
your body does certain things when it when it realizes like oh shit like we need to get on our stuff you know yeah. like uh like if uh, I don't want to say that that's, that's kind of mean <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example I was gonna uh, it's like uh, I, I'll go into the high school thing like high school like something activates in your brain where it's like oh we need to start growing up a little bit mm-hmm. like like it's not like you went through some huge metamorphosis change but your brain just switches on like it's it's like a move out thing too when you move out you're like oh now I have to start budgeting. What do you know about that? This, because huh. <laughs> now I have to pay my rent. You know, it's like it's like this is automatically being taken out of my account. Like I yeah. have to. Um, I mean, we already kind of talked about this. I'm just kind of crossing stuff off now. Um, what? Where would you say, Jeremy, uh, have been the best places for you so far, where you've like put money away? Like whether it's a high interest savings account, investment, long term. Like what, what would you say is like the best place that you put so the first place i started putting money was in robin hood just because like i said it's simple you can it helps you understand it and while i was like reading you know dave ramsey intelligent investor books like that i was able to like you know put in a little bit you know learn some then okay i can adjust that little bit i put in and you know just make adjustments and i mean you're not going to know everything when you start that's just how it is you have to learn it as you go along and make those adjustments as you go along oh yeah i yeah, it's just all about that knowledge. I mean, you, like you, you might like the more you know, literally, the better off you are. But even though you might know a lot, you probably still don't know everything. Oh yeah, and learning is one of those things where it's continuous. You should never stop learning. There's no limit to it. Have you heard that song by Jay Z? You probably have. It's called um, "The Story of OJ." I love that yeah. song. I love that. Um, we're not gonna play because we'll we'll have to pay money if we pay it. That is, that's literally one of my favorite songs. Like uh, the the lyric, y'all think it's bougie, but I'm like it's fine. I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for nine ninety nine. It's like he's like literally telling them into the song. He's like, this is how you make money. Like he's telling people who literally are drug dealers in the hood. Like this is how you make money. He's like, you're a drug dealer. You need to literally buy every house in your neighborhood because they're so cheap. And that's thing, in real estate. Like, yeah, another thing so, he was talking about is how like he wished he could take back you know all the cars and all the you know just unnecessary stuff he bought. He's like saying if he would have bought real estate back then, he would have been way past billionaire now. Yeah, he's like I could have bought I could have bought a place in Dumbo, right? Dumbo yeah, before it was yeah. Dumbo for like two million. Now that building the same day is worth twenty five million. Yeah, guess how I'm feeling, Dumbo. <laughs> He's like, it's just so smart. I mean, uh, oh, dang. That that line, though, uh, what was it? He's like, you're fighting. I don't know. He's like, you're claiming some hood that your mom's written or something. What was it? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like you're, uh, you're fighting for some neighborhood where your mom doesn't even own the house. Like, you're renting. Like, you don't yeah. own it. Uh, that's a good discussion, too, because do you believe in renting or buying a house so i definitely believe in owning but you i think renting is a great place to start especially if you're younger so you know i mean job offers might take you from here to there you're busy but i definitely do think it's important to establish you know get a home because you know home goes up in value and you that's yours that equity that you're gaining whereas you know the rent you're having somewhere to live i mean there's definitely pros and cons to both i just started learning this um and i want to get for another to start talking, I really do. Uh, but like, I so saw I'll keep this quick, but I can't give you a lot of knowledge on this because I literally just started learning this. And when I do get more knowledge on it, I'll be sure to share it on the podcast for sure. I'll share it with you, Jeremy. But I've heard literally you want to rent 
And even Gary Vee starts says you want to rent for as long as you possibly can. Like I'm starting about, I'm thinking about literally living in an apartment until I'm like 35. Like a, not an apartment, of course, but like a nice, you know, apartment type of thing. Like you know, like almost like a mini home. But they say, and like I said, I can't say much on it because I don't know a lot. I'm just now learning. But you want to rent for as long as possible, just because they say that like houses are now turning into more liabilities than they are assets type of thing, um, and like I looked into it, I can't give away that much information because, like I said, I really am just brand new to this one. But like I watched a podcast, listened to some things, read a couple of books on it, found it in some books that I was reading. I was like, you know what, rent is actually not as bad as people. Are yeah, a lot of people try to make it, you know, renting versus owning, trying to make it sound bad. It's, I mean, patience. You don't just jump into a house if you're not ready for it, just because you know other friends or. Whatever you graduated with is like buying a house. I mean, that doesn't mean they can afford that house. You don't want to just follow them. Yeah. By the way, if you just graduated high school, please don't get married. I mean, you can if you want to, but marriage is expensive. Anyway, <laughs> so man, Brandon, I'd like to get you to start talking about anything, anything. Like, it doesn't. Yeah, no, I was be... actually, I was thinking about houses and that kind of deal too, because I feel like actually renting and buying are counteracting. You see what I mean? We're like, I'm seeing a ton of houses be built, but yeah, if a ton of people start trying to buy and like you even said Jeremy it's like they can't actually afford it mm-hmm. that kind of deal it's like then the renting is going to become more important. Yeah. they're going to like counterbalance and so yeah I think it's actually great I don't think everybody has a set time like you said jobs are going to change that whole deal but renting is not like bad at first I mean you have to save up for you know that house exactly. payment that down payment yeah renting. it's like if you want to rent the rest of your life you know that's that's up to you but yeah it's like as more houses are being built and actually you know we're using, you know, cheaper supplies and everything like that. They're going to become more of a liability, but at the same time, like that's what I'm saying. They're gonna, they're gonna counteract each other. It's a, it's a, they're on a scale, and so I feel like right now, yeah, we're in the renting phase where that's like that's kind of the way to go. But who knows? It might completely switch up. Was fifties, sixties that kind of deal? Tons of houses being. Oh built. yeah, that was the fifties and sixties. It was um, like the complete opposite. Yeah, people look at the Roaring Twenties. Of course, they look at the Twenties because it was right before the Depression. Now, this is what it yeah. caused it. That's what caused it. But the fifties and sixties were a very good time. Exactly. Okay, let me just. I just think of like. Let's go back to nineteen fifty. If I told you to buy a beachfront in California and you bought it, imagine how much it'd be worth now. Yeah. You'd I be was, a multi, multi, multi millionaire. That's what I'm saying. I was even. I gotta tell you this. This is funny. So um, we were driving one time. We had the privilege. It was so awesome to go out to California. Mm-hmm. But there was this long stretch. Uh, I think it's just Highway One. But um, that it's like. There are no gas stations. There's nothing at all. And we went, we finally found a gas station. Guess how much gas we paid? It was over $8. A what? $8 a gallon? We like looked it up on the GPS. We're like, how much do we need? I pay like $130 to fill my tank, probably. Something like that. That's, That's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Dang. But yeah, like like you said, it's like California. Wow. You were, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah just go back to 1950. If you have $50,000. If you have a time machine, just buy buy that Malibu beachfront. Hold on to it till like 1980. There'd oh, be man, nothing you... out there but like beach bums too. This was so funny. Exactly. <laughs> and now it's just like land. It's so cool out there. Uh, I, I, we drove through Malibu and I got a uh, real estate magazine. And I still, it's one of my favorite things to like break out. Be like, holy cow, look at this. It's super cool out there. But, uh, this, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just want to cover a lot of topics in this podcast. I mean, we're not going to cover everything. Um, we are having another 
a good friend of mine again, and I actually did talk with her in high school. <laughs> Come on, she's uh, more of a real estate um, person, and Jeremy's going to be back on, and if he can, he's going to invite another good friend now. So that's going to be a very big podcast. It'll be, I mean, including Brendan, it'll be, what, that's like six? Six. Six, yeah. Uh, but I like to get into this just a little bit. I like to get into real estate. Now, I'm not brand new into real estate investing. Like, I know because I had a little plan, but my plan got set back a little bit. <laughs> but, um, like... Just tell me what you know about real estate investing. Now I'm trying to learn from you. Yeah, I'm honestly new to it too. I mean, just like YouTube reading, anything I can, just find information about it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely one of those things that takes time again too because you want to make sure it's secure, you know, 20% down payment, all that good stuff. But yeah, I definitely want to get into real estate. Like 20% like, down payment on the actual building? Yeah, on the house, yeah, and okay. then 20% and then the mortgage. But yeah, I want to get in like duplexes and triplexes. What does that look like? Like I have no idea. You talk real estate, I'm like, where? What? Like how? Like, uh, how? I guess the easiest one would probably be house, right? Not talk about the yeah. duplex. We can, yeah, we can ease into the duplex. I'll write yeah. that down so you don't easiest forget. Easiest one would be like house. Yeah, that would be like the most basic understanding. But like basically, say, I don't know, home is say two hundred thousand. Uh, so your down payment would be like. Say twenty percent is like a solid down payment, so yeah. your twenty percent down payment on that two hundred thousand dollars house would be forty thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, and that helps also not only lower your mortgage, but your interest rate is also a little bit lower, I believe. Yeah, and that become that goes a long way because I mean, like a six percent versus like a ten percent interest rate on something as big as two hundred thousand is like that's, that's a good yeah, about, amount huge. of money. Yeah, that's so a, that that's definitely helps, good, and that's that's money coming in. Yeah, too, I mean. That's not including like you add renovations like we were talking about to the house. You're gonna yeah. Have, like, I mean, uh, well, my original plan was I was gonna buy like a small house, like you were saying. My mortgage was gonna be about fourteen hundred dollars a month. I was just gonna rent mm-hmm. out three of the rooms, live in one of the rooms myself, and yes. then you literally live in a house almost for free. Like you don't have a mortgage. So that's right? not actually the idea of a duplex. Me and my friend uh, Ben, we talk about duplexes all the time. So what you're referring to is called house hacking. Uh, it's a really big thing, especially in California, but essentially, so duplex, you know, a house split in half. Wait, 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 wait hold on. Are we talking about, <laughs> you just confused me. Are we talking oh. about the duplex or are we talking about the houses now? Either one. Okay. We'll talk about the duplex now just because right. it'll help it make sense. But say, you know, you have a house, it's symmetrical, it's two sides. You're living on one side. Say the mortgage is like, I don't know, 1200 or so. Yeah. So you're living on one side and then the person who lives on the other side, which you charge to rent pays, you know, fourteen, sixteen hundred a month, they're not only paying for you to live there, they're also paying for the mortgage. So not only are you living somewhere for free, but you're also getting that home for free. That was actually my mom's idea for me before, you know, yeah. she said that she was going to, if she can't do it now, I'm not telling you where they're moving because mm-hmm. now, but like, um, she's like, where they're moving now, like the houses like are a lot higher so she can't yeah. afford to give me one. But she said, that she was gonna literally help me. She wasn't just gonna pay for it, but she was gonna help me get a small house. And I was literally gonna rent out three of the rooms to mm-hmm. friends. They were gonna pay me four hundred dollars a month each, which is like you can't beat that. You're getting, you're living in a house. Yeah. It's four hundred dollars a month. You're paying me that. I'm living in the house for free because you're paying four hundred dollars a month. And they're I'll, covering your mortgage on top of that. Exactly. Yeah. Hundred percent. So. I think that's a great way to start. That's what I want to personally start that's doing. A, that's how I want to start too. I'm not gonna start like. Um, and I'll start in 20s. I plan on starting in 2020, but won't probably be till fall. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm probably just going to rent out. Um, I can say UV because they don't know where that is. I can rent out at the UV, mm-hmm. like, uh, fall and spring. And then that summer, probably not get a house, but, you know, 
duplex, something like that. Just and now that's one thing I am confused about. I will any information you can give me, mm-hmm. all of it if you can, <laughs> on duplexes. Like I know how it works, like the like the hotel, not hotel, but like hotels and all that, but like how does that exactly translate? Like where are the numbers? So we like, mean like like let's say the duplex cost me half a million dollars, five hundred thousand. Okay. It had we'll just we'll just go really even numbers here. Ten ten rooms in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not living in it myself. I just bought the I bought the I didn't buy it, but like I put a down payment on it and now mm-hmm. I have now that building that has ten rooms is in my name. Okay. Let's say all ten rooms are ran out. I'm doing, okay. I don't know how I did that, but all of them ran out. I'm doing really well, and they have a lease for a year. Okay. You might want to write this. Down, okay. So. so, so think about it as in like okay, got you an example. So a lot of college kids, you know, they rent apartments with their friends. Well, the people who rent these apartments are smart instead, and are like saying, okay, instead of charging a thousand dollars for this whole apartment, we can charge five hundred per room. And so there's four rooms in the apartment. That's two thousand dollars. So essentially, what it comes down to is you're charging per room because not only is that cheaper for the person who's living there, but altogether it's that more also more of a gain for the person. Yeah, who's, it yeah. makes you twice as much money just by renting out by room instead of renting out by the whole house. So it's like simple, that, simple math. But yeah, just that's all it is. It that is literally me. Yeah. I'm paying four fifty five, but it's not like four fifty five split. Cause, yeah, because like mine. If you were had to pay a thousand, you're like, oh, that's way too expensive. I don't need a thousand dollar apartment. But the fact that you're paying that much for one room saves you money and makes them more money. So it's a win win. Dang, wow. real estate one on one. That's actually one thing that I, I'm ashamed that I haven't gotten into. I haven't read any real estate books. I've just watched a couple of videos and stuff like. Yeah, that's like, oh, I mean, you can learn. YouTube the, is such a great resource. It's, it's so much free information. That's the first one I want to get into. Those real estate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean. I'm been I'm in other things like long term investing stocks and all that, but like act like I guess physical like the first physical like sign of investing that's the one first one I want to get into because investment in real estate is like it's like if you do it right yeah <laughs> if you do it right it's almost foolproof like you just have to really research it and make sure what you're doing is sound. Could you go to like an apartment and you know saying like almost rehack the system where you're like I'll take two rooms. <laughs> do you actually do that? Do they I don't have, like, know. They probably have policies. It's, it's, it's probably up to the owner. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I just want to take two of your rooms. What? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I need a, I need a study room and I need a sleep room. I gotta keep them separate, kind of deal, and just be like, <laughs> and then you actually rent the. Oh, that suck. Ooh. Hold yeah, on. I think that's illegal. Yeah, that's illegal because both the rooms will be in your name. Exactly. Oh, so even though you, so if you, if you try to rent the other room out and the other and the guy that's There's living probably, in the other room didn't pay you, like he doesn't have to. Hey, pay if you. they're smart enough to do like what Jeremy's yeah, talking, yeah, they're probably yeah. smart enough to make you always that one. Yeah, because at that part, I mean, I know, I mean, it depends on the owner, like you were saying, but it's called subleasing, where pretty much you, it's kind of like what people do with Airbnb. Yeah, is that essentially? Yeah. You're leasing something that someone else is leasing to you. So I got that. That's just like that came to me. I love I love seeing that. Just certain things. Uh, I'm trying to think of another example, but where it's just a slight hack of the system, which is back works in, out for everybody. Back in the early 1900s and late 1800s, uh, Vanderbilt he tried to buy a railroad. He kept buying stock, but they kept printing stock or printing their uh, printing their shares. That's illegal. That's called watering down yeah. stock. So he was buying useless shares. 
So like that's another hack of the system. They were like, okay, he's gonna keep pouring millions of dollars in, but we're just gonna print a million shares. So it's like it, it it's like I'm not gonna get into that, but that's it, it's illegal. He pretty, like pretty much every single penny he put in was worthless. Yeah, it was it was like less than common stock actually. It's almost like you were buying pennies for a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was terrible. It's like when the uh, government tried to fix some problems by printing more money. And then it, all the money became useless, so you had to use a wheelbarrow to buy bread because the money had such little value. I mean, yeah, I've seen things like during the, I think it was either, yeah, just, I can't remember exactly when it was, I won't say because then I might sound stupid, but like, they were literally just starting to use money because it was so useless to start fires Yeah, in, the, in their ovens. Wasn't that the, uh, wasn't that the Great Depression, right? I, I think that's what, I can't remember. I think it was. Early on in the Great Depression, maybe I don't, I don't know. But I just I, read I it somewhere, but that. yeah, like out west and stuff. It's like it's not gonna help them. It was more vital, or it was like had more value to them to actually use it to start the fires from it. I was like, well, might like, slip up. Parents kind of like surprisingly hopped on like real estate. Yeah, because you you've been down to my house, right? Because like you know the the trailer beside us and the house across us. Yeah, we we actually owned it. You own both of those? Yeah, they went through like it was like back in like. 2016, like the one across from us, my aunt used to live in. And once once she moved out, it was like both of them empty. So they just decided to buy them and rent them out. See, uh, like, well, the first couple things we're talking about, you know, how to get started, long term investing, short term, where to invest, where we think, where we where we think you should invest, because where we personally invest, so like we we know it works because we use it. That's easy. That's like automatic. Like we're talking about real estate and all that stuff. We're not gonna lie; it's not confusing, but it is hard. Like you're not just gonna wake up one day and go buy a whole apartment complex. Yeah. That's gonna cost. Yeah. You, that's gonna you're gonna have to drop a couple million on that just to get it, and then you're gonna have to find people to rent out the rooms, and you're probably gonna have to advertise it some way so people know about it. Like you're, it's it's a process. Yeah, I mean, what we doing right now? Yeah, for like yeah. the trailer, we, we and we had to like fix that up too. That's you know that's like probably like a thousand. I'll probably talk to you that more. Yeah. Like a business. You know, it all goes back to starting <laughs> somewhere. And it just all goes back to the start. I mean, you can't build up a company overnight. It just takes time. Yeah, exactly. So start now? Start now. Yeah. That, that's the best thing you can do. Start now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's one other thing I'd like to talk about. I mean, we could end it right there. But <laughs> uh, start now. Definitely invest in yourself. Uh, this is going to be really quick. Um, this is our longest podcast by far. Not by, by, by not by a long shot, but it's it's our longest podcast. Uh, so um, basic laws about making money. Now, this is something we all can talk about, and all want us to all get our own in on it. But basic laws of making money: how you make it, or basic laws of money: how you make it, how you spend it, and how you create different streams of income. I'd like to get all your opinion on that. Like how you, how you make it, how you should probably not how you should spend it but how you spend it and then creating different streams of income because that's one thing I wanted us to talk about for sure like you shouldn't just have one stream of income you should just be making money from one place yeah because so, then you're on life support yeah so anyone can um, just go I mean I can go you guys can go I mean, that's something you will notice about literally every single successful person I don't care if they're a real estate mogul they have probably three other different streams of income I mean, yeah, like you were saying, it's like life support if you're relying on 
one thing and one thing only because if something happens to that one thing, what are you going to do? Whereas if you have four different streams of income, okay, one of your main ones might go out, but while you're still trying to like figure out how to replace that one or how to adapt that one, you have the other three that are still supporting you. Right. So it's like a support system, really. I think it's like, uh, like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan made the overwhelming majority of his money not from basketball. Oh yeah. He made it from shoes, yeah. investing. He made. Yeah. He has restaurants. Jay Z did not become a billionaire by uh, music right. at all. Music is like I think he only made like I think eighty million, it maybe yeah, maybe a hundred million at the most from music. Because he was smart and he. He took the things that all the people in the music industry are interested in and then, like, branched out into all of those. Yeah, he has his yeah. own, uh, um, it's not wine. But yeah, it's like Ace alcohol. of Spades, yeah. 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 He, has, he, has, he has real estate, he has art, he has um, a lot of stuff going on. His own record deal. It's oh, like yeah. Where he signs on artists yeah. and they make him money, like, oh, that's... I mean, Dr. That's, Dre with Beats. Yeah. He did that deal. He was like, well, you know, he's like, we have good music, but let's make a different way to listen to mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Innovation. What about you, um, Raydon? Like, what, what, what would you say are your opinions or suggestions or something like that on the basic laws of money, like making it, spending it, creating different incomes, like creating different streams of income so you're having money come in from different places? Yeah, I would, I would say, like, it's always best to, like, make a good investment because usually, well, like, if I, like, buy something, I'll be like, dang, is this, like, something that's going to be, like, long term like i'm always going to like refer back to it or something like that like i just want like like let's say if i buy like a pair of shoes like expensive and they wore that like in like four months i'm like dang i wasted all that money <laughs> it's true on, on shoes you know um, I, I think it's like i think it all comes down to preference man like if you much, yeah like uh, we could bring it back to cars. Like, if you really, if you have the money, of course, but if you really, really just want that nice $100,000 car, you take care of it, you wash it, you know, once a week, you take it out during the summer. If that's, like, your pride and joy, if that look, if that look, if that's what make you happy, like, yeah. just get it, you know? That's mm-hmm. what I was about to say. Same thing with the shoes. Like, yeah. if, if those shoes truly make you happy, don't let us some four people talking to you be like, oh, I shouldn't go buy that $700 pair of shoes. If you have, if you saved up the money for it, if you worked for it, if you've been like looking forward to that pair and you hear this, you're like, maybe I shouldn't buy it. Get it. If it really and truly makes you happy, if you exactly. know you're going to take care of them, if you know you're going to get the use out of them that you want, take care of it, honestly. Well, that's what I was about to say with the streams of income because um, like, I just, I have family members and stuff that it's, yeah, if you don't want to do it, like, don't get into it. You're not going to enjoy it. It's like, man, I have tons of money, but I'm, yeah. I, I can't stand waking up every day and looking at it. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm saying is the thing with even flipping, it's like don't flip stuff you don't really care about. Like exactly. If you don't, don't want to, like, I mean, you were even talking like trailer kind of deal. It's like if you don't actually care to buy that trailer, fix it up, buy new appliances, figure out the aesthetics, what people like in interior design, if you don't care about that, don't do it. Delegate it to somebody else. But I have family members that they'll, like, buy old, like, antique stuff that people are really looking for because it's getting pretty trendy now. But, um, yeah, just, like, buy some of this old stuff, old art, old clothes, old this, old that. Like, find something you actually really like 
and then use that and make your streams of income. And I think it's funny they say streams of income. Income. I'm literally thinking of like a river. It's just like feeding onto your it's own true. personal like, deal. It's like different rivers leading back to you can say like the ocean or something leading yeah. back to you. Like exactly. Like so, but, don't make streams you do not give a crap about yeah, because exactly. it's gonna be like it's gonna be miserable, man. Like fuck. Jay Z didn't get into that stuff because he just decided I want billions of dollars for my kid. He was like, I actually care about this. Like me, I absolutely love business, 100%. Yeah. I've been a businessman since I was eight years old. You know? But like, if you told me to open, if you told me that there's a new furniture market and I have a chance to make a billion dollars, well, I, I probably still do it. But I mean, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> but like, there's a high chance that I wouldn't, though, because it's like, I don't care about furniture. I'd be, I'd be very bored. Or, yeah. I, what's, what's not, I mean, what's a different example of? Uh, We've talked about shoes a ton, so let's say you're like. Nah, I, I kind of care about shoes. I mean, I don't buy like, shoes, but like, I, I'd enjoy it. Oh, you're saying? Like, yeah, okay. Uh, Something you don't quite care about? Yeah, like. Yeah, like. Plumbing. I don't care about it at <laughs> yeah. all whatsoever. Plumbing. They make good money. I don't, I don't care about it. Yeah. If you told me plumbing was a $10 billion business and I could get like 10% of that, so I'd make a billion dollars a year, I probably wouldn't get into it. I honestly wouldn't because I would literally be miserable. That's what I'm saying. You can drive out. You can drive out of your Malibu mansion with a Bentley, but if you're like, I got to go do something I hate, it's not worth it. There's, I mean, Gary Vee talks about, he's like, how many times do I have to speak with millionaires who spend $10,000 in therapy a month and who want to kill themselves every single day and are on like 12 different medications to fucking let you guys know that money isn't everything. Like, it really isn't. Like, I know we're talking about money and all this other stuff, but if you're, if you're a teacher at a middle school and you really, really love your job and you just are looking to create a little nest egg or just have yeah. a little money on the side or save for retirement like we were talking about and you just don't want to invest in real estate or stocks or any of that stuff, you really don't have to. Like we're yeah. just we're just giving, you know, our opinion on just money in general. Like we're talking about this because we find it we like it, we find it interesting, we're passionate about it. Whereas some people, they just want to retire comfortably. And that's perfectly fine. Exactly. I mean, everybody has their own thing. Everybody doesn't want to get into real estate like we're trying to get into. Some people just don't want that risk in 100%. Yeah. Like, it's literally a big risk, big reward, but it's also big risk, big failure. <laughs> like, if you fail, just know what you're going to, just know how hard you're going to fall. You mm -hmm. know, if you're, if you're at a company, you like it, you're planning on working there for 30 years and you just, you know, you're good, you can make that money, go ahead, 100%. Like that, I told you guys in the beginning. That's why I judge. I, that's why I judge success on only happiness. Like that's why I really do. Because a guy who's making thirty five thousand dollars a year, he has two kids, he has an awesome work life balance. He's on takes like three vacations a year. He scraps up money together. That guy is one. That guy won. You mm -hmm. won at life, hundred percent. Like if you never became a millionaire, if you never even made a hundred thousand dollars a year, you won at life, hundred percent. Um. <laughs> I kind of lied, though. There's one more thing I want to talk about. It came up in my head. Uh, Jeremy, what's your idea on passive income? Ooh. All right. Passive income. So, especially now, you know, technology, computers everywhere, people think passive income is anything you do online. That's not really the definition of passive income. Passive income is you having not to do anything. Like YouTube, some people try to consider it passive income, but at the end of the day, you still have to make the videos. You have to edit them, things like that. Whereas passive income is something you work in. Another, another uh, big misconception about it is, oh, you know, I just started and it makes me money and I don't have to do any work. At the beginning, you have to pour in work and work and work and effort. But the idea is that that initial work you put in carries you out. It's like once you put in that initial work, that's what it's good for. 
that's what I was even thinking, like, Goodwill, I, I was kind of mentioning that earlier on accident, is, like, we said that's, like, a dollar right kind of deal, like you were talking, taking that example, but it's, like, you have to take the time to get out there, right. you have to use exactly. gas for your like, thing, you know, it's using power in your car battery, I, you have to use energy to get out there, and you're going to probably have to yeah, get a meal before you start selling this whole like thing. This, yeah, this was literally my, it, it's exactly. more than just going there Buying forty dollars worth of random stuff and getting six hundred dollars yeah. out of it. I, yeah, had, it's to, not that simple, I had to get up early but, enough yeah. before people got there, get in my car, waste you know maybe five dollars there and back in gas, drive there, get on my phone, go on the eBay app, look at stuff like I like I didn't just pick up forty random things. Exactly. I had to look through racks, you know, look under stuff, you know, find you know oh that's North Face jacket. Okay, cool. Oh, that's a pair of underwear. I don't want that. You know, like just it, it, it's a process. Yeah. You know, like true passive income like this is a really basic example but say like create a software or something like that where you put in that hard work once but once the product is done you know is done is creating passive income i mean yeah passive income people have a very big misconception of passive passive income where like they think like if they work for five years they'll be on some jamaican beach smoking weed while they make ten thousand dollars in their sleep there's okay there's a very like decimal of decimal of decimal places percentage of people who can actually do that like to get true passive income you have to first off work oh, yeah. and you have to spend a lot of money to it's get a to lot that of point front work. like and it's years it's and we're not like the 10 year thing we're talking about it's probably longer than that i mean depending on what your definition of true passive income is like how you're talking about youtube to me youtube it isn't true passive income but it is damn near close yeah. because if someone put up a video from 2013 it has an ad on it and you watch that video it's still making them money so it's like and like i don't know uh yeah that's so youtube yeah youtube's a weird one i mean content in general is a weird one i know courses are big nowadays oh yeah those are really big now people put up a course and i mean they after that don't do anything yeah yeah exactly <laughs> So, uh, what about you, uh, Brendan? I know Tim said something. Yeah. What do you bring down on passive income? How do you think, or I don't, not, not anything, just what do you think about it? Like, about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, I would say, like, man, you can, like, pretty much, like, do, like, anything and, like, get paid for it. Because I remember, like, oh, there's this one YouTuber that goes by the name Low Tier Guy. Like, he just, like, plays, he, like, pays people. Well, not pay people, but, like, People pay him to like play against him in like games, basically. Like he, he'll stream like what? Yeah, he'll like he'll stream on YouTube like about like. Is he just like really good or something? Or he wants I mean, to show he, off. He, he pretty. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but he gets paid though, like against him, like in Smash Bros, Mortal Kombat, all that. And the craziest thing is, well, he also sells, like, jerseys and stuff, too, for, like, about, like, $20. Mm-hmm. But also, one of the craziest things is, like, he'll actually, like, also, like, make them pay him just to see, his, like, his face count, like, $30 just to see his face. That's that's crazy. <laughs> wow. That's, dang. Um, that's pretty smart. All right, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> pretty smart, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we can just, I mean, we're hitting a minute 30 right here. <laughs> we're about to be. Uh so I guess we can do it right there. You know, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming no out, man. Thanks for having me. Um, I'll have to come back. Do you yeah. want me to – I can shout out your uh, investment Instagram or your Oh, yeah, check one. out my investing Instagram. It's called Millionaire by Investing. Just post, like, daily financial tips and, you know, just things like we talk about here. Just help people out. 
Yes. All right. Uh, again, thank you so much for Jeremy. And yeah. just one last piece of advice for everybody. The biggest thing here that you can take away, I know we talked about a lot, the number one thing you can do ever in life, not just with money, is investing yourself. Invest in yourself. And that is that means investing in things that are going to like provide you with enough knowledge that you can loot, like, use later on in life, especially with money. Because like we said, money is a sensitive topic. And people can't get enough of it and people spend too much of it so <laughs> that's pretty much that uh thank you everyone for listening to the let's talk podcast you i'm guys. your co-host kaylin williams i'm your co-host timothy edwards and we will see you very very soon thank you It's about to be legendary